But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy, and wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will come, will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Um, I got home from Peru less than 24 hours ago, is the line that I first wrote in my sermon. Uh, because when I started writing this sermon, it was before we actually got on the plane to get home, which was late, causing us to miss our connecting flight home to Pittsburgh, so I actually got home from Peru less than 12 hours ago. Forgive me if I'm still having trouble switching my brain back into English from Spanish. But despite the flight snafus yesterday morning and a couple of last-minute rental cancellations, I do not recommend Airbnb in the future if you're traveling abroad, just for the record, uh, especially if you like plans and itineraries and knowing where you're going to be tomorrow. But in spite of all of that, it was an incredible 
trip. I love to travel and I think that Peru may be the favorite place that I have ever traveled to. And Tim agrees with me. In fact, I'm pretty sure we found the island we want to retire on. I'm sure you'll hear more about this trip as I have time to process it and the uh, 3,000 or so pictures that we took while we were there. My first international travel was in 2005 when I traveled to Guatemala and I have been hooked ever since. I think maybe I was one of those people just born with a sense of wanderlust and adventure. And since then, I've been to Turkey and Scotland and now Peru. And in spite of the strained political situation, both here and there, I'm looking forward to a trip to Israel in the spring. And I can't imagine a more perfect Sunday to reflect on traveling than on Epiphany. When we talk about these strange men from far away traveling to see Jesus. This is the Sunday on which we celebrate Jesus' revelation to the whole world. We read about these wise men visiting Jesus on Epiphany because they are the first non-Jews that God sends to Jesus, that God reveals Jesus to. This is a day on which we recognize that Jesus came for all people all around the world and that different people find him in different ways. When we were in Peru, we were south of the equator, so not only is it summer there, the exact opposite of what it is here this morning, um, that's why we went there when it's winter here, but there are even different stars to see there because it's on a different side of the planet. Different places in the world have different views of the stars, and for many cultures, stars bear great significance. One of the weavings we saw while we were down south had stars on it as representations of the value of stars for navigation. Other cultures see the stars as significant because they use them for astrology, which is what we see the wise men using them for. They see in the stars that the new king has been born. That's such a bizarre way for God to speak to them. Sometimes we lose the weirdness of the story because we've heard it so many times throughout our lives. But we as Christians do not practice or believe in astrology, yet God used even that to lead the wise men to Jesus. It seems strange. It's like God coming through the voice of Siri or your GPS unit to tell you where to go, but not telling you exactly where you're going or how you're getting there. The star is almost like its own character in the story. What trust the wise men have had in a God that they didn't really worship in the past. Traveling in a strange foreign land with nothing to guide them but a navigation system that doesn't tell them exactly where their final destination is, just who they will find there. The wise men don't come because they are told in a traditional way about Jesus. They don't know these readings of the prophets like the Jewish people do. They didn't have Rick Steves or Lonely Planet Guide long before TripAdvisor or Travelocity. Some people come in very strange ways. God can work through anything. Epiphany is all about Jesus being revealed in many different ways. It's all about people having the opportunity to travel to meet Jesus and to travel to take word of Jesus home with them. People search in many ways. 
and surprising people search sometimes. The shepherds were a completely normal sight on the Judean hillside, but rich astrologers from far, far away, these men weren't even Jewish. They didn't really understand exactly who the Messiah they sought was. How strange they must have looked traveling through lowly Galilee in their rich oriental trappings. I mentioned before that 2005 was the first time I ever left this country. It was when I went to Guatemala on a missions trip. It was a medical team that included doctors and nurses, as well as a few of us who were support staff to help hand out medications and to pray with people. I also got called on to preach for the first time there, much to my surprise, but that's a story for another sermon. While our home base was a market town called Chichi Castanango, we spent our time traveling out to remote villages for the most part. And I'll never forget the first village that we landed at. As our rickety old terrifying school bus rattled down the rickety old terrifying dirt road to the village, children began to run alongside the bus, waving at it and shouting at us. And as we got off the bus, they swarmed us, taking our hands and chattering in Spanish too quickly for me to comprehend, until one little girl, maybe six or seven years old at the most, grabbed a hold of me and looked me in the eye, and she said, Senora, este es un regalo para ti. Ma'am, this is a gift for you. And she held out her little hand, and she presented me with a piece of bubblegum. It wasn't anything extraordinary, this piece of gum, not by our standards. In fact, it felt pretty hard and stale. It had been around for a while. But for her, this was precious. She had been saving it for who knows how long, just like Charlie and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, savoring his chocolate as long as he can. This little girl in a tiny village that had nothing gave me a prized possession saved for a special day. We were that special day for her. These tall, pale people from up north. The Mayan people are beautiful and charming, and they are physically small in stature, so we stuck out in any crowd down there. We were wealthy, exotic travelers from a far-off land they had only heard stories of. And what we were given was an unbelievable gift of hospitality and the very finest things the people of that village had to offer. We thought we were going there to give them something. We thought we were the gift bringers, but we weren't. What we had to offer couldn't compare to what we were given in return. People today are still searching for meaning, still searching for God, and searching in many ways, possibly in more ways than ever before in history. But this story we have in today's gospel passage is so ridiculous that we have to stop. We have to take note of God's weird and wonderful creativity. We can't just assume that people will hear this news we have to offer in the way in which we are accustomed. We have to meet people where they are, just like God does. Old stories aren't going to cut it anymore. We have to reach in and dig deep. We have to know people and figure out what it is they're seeking so that we can point to their star, so to speak, and say, go that way. See the Savior that God has sent and how he fills that void. And we cannot ever, ever assume that we are being sent 
Because what we have to offer to someone else is the gold. When I was in Scotland about three and a half years ago, we met with a church planter in Glasgow. And this was strange for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that the structure of the Church of Scotland makes church planting difficult and in many ways unnecessary. Secondly, only about 2% of the population of Scotland goes to church on a regular basis. But what made this particular parish successful was their willingness to look around and see where people were and join in on the search with them. They realized that in their part of the city, people were really into these big psychic fairs that would set up booths around the city. And so instead of railing against these psychic fairs or trying to convince people not to go, they began setting up booths at them. Instead of using tarot cards, they had decks of cards with scripture on them. And they would explain to people how the scriptures that came up might relate to their lives. They would talk to people about biblical dream interpretation, like Joseph's or Daniel's, and how God can talk through, to us through visions and dreams. And many people found Jesus in that special place. We're not meeting people where they are for their sake any more than we are for our own sake. God doesn't bring people together so that one superior person can fix a lesser person. The people seeking God at those fairs in Glasgow were not the only ones who met God there. That church learned an awful lot about who Jesus is, about how God speaks, about the diversity of God's kingdom, and what exactly is important when it comes to sharing the gospel with others. Jesus wasn't born into the world for a privileged few. Nor does knowledge of his presence make any one group of people more important or smarter or better than another. We learn just as much or more about Jesus by meeting new people and exploring new places as we are able to teach or show to those we meet. And exploring the world and meeting new people doesn't have to be a big international trip abroad, although if anyone is interested in something like that, I'd be ecstatic to look into some missions opportunities for our congregation to participate in and partner with. It can be as simple as getting to know someone from another part of the city. We all know how very segregated Pittsburgh neighborhoods can be. It can be as simple as meeting someone, getting to know someone from another social class, from another race, might be volunteering at a shelter or a hospital or a nursing home. These are the ways in which we grow. Jesus' light is not just revealed through us when we are traveling or exploring near or far. It is revealed to us when we are traveling or exploring near or far. Just like that little girl in that dusty town in Guatemala taught me, when we meet people where they are, we ourselves grow and change and see God. We see God in the family that takes us in to share a Ramadan meal with them when we're in a strange town late at night with no luggage. We see God in those seeking meaning in strange places we don't understand. We see God in the native women and children who sing a beautiful welcome song to us when we arrive on their floating island. We see God in the face of the homeless man we acknowledge as a special child of God. We see God in a prayer with a fellow brother or sister in a nursing home or a hospital bed. 
The star words that we passed out this morning are a reminder for us all year to be looking for God in all places. As you go about day to day, where do you see God speaking that word to you? Where do you see God speaking about that word to you? These are a reminder that God is always guiding us to new and exciting places if we follow that star. So where is God leading you with that word? Where did God lead you last year with your word? Who is God sending you out to meet? And who is God sending out to meet you? Amen.